way to set you got just a little bit of room here. Oh, thank you. He says I'm hogging the podium. You can guess how the trip went based on this, you know, our first interaction up here, huh? <laughs> you know, it, uh, I turned around and looked at the, uh, the clock a few minutes ago, and it's hard to believe uh, a little bit less than three weeks ago, at about this time, I was preparing to do a message at Green Valley Church. And what a difference. Like most mornings, um, early rise, um, about 4 a.m., and I spent a couple hours just with the Lord just uh, in Thanksgiving. Uh, but what a difference from there to here. In the morning, early hours, I was in a t-shirt, shorts, and sometimes a mosquito net to keep the mosquitoes off. And now, thousands of miles away, I stand here three weeks later and uh, getting up early in the morning to, to uh, snow blow uh, the snow that come in the night. And uh, I, I really thought when I got up this morning that uh, um, there would be a lot less people here because of the, the snow issues and whatnot. Three weeks ago, um, we were there, and now we're here, thousands of miles away, and we want to share this morning uh, a little bit about uh, our trip. But we, it was challenging because there, there was so much that takes place. And so this time, today, we want to focus on the church. Uh, we just spent a number of uh, weeks on the DNA of the church, well, you know, and now uh, today we're going to present the church of Green Valley uh, and how that, how the essence of the church plays out here and at Green Valley. And um, so anyway, um, have you ever read a Bible verse and, and been a little bit puzzled by it? You know, you, you scratch your head and you go, that doesn't really match what I, what I feel and, and how I live. And the one, the one uh, it, it came in the, in the book from Tim Keller, and it's a daily devotional. It talked about the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord has mentioned over and over and over again, especially in the, uh, in the Old Testament. The, the fear of the Lord, and, and the, the, the conflict that I had with that is my Heavenly Father, through His love, it was hard to think of being afraid of Him. And that was the, that was the, the avenue that I, for many years, that, I, that I, I kind of read that, and I would just kind of set it aside and say, someday it will, it will, I will get the answer to that. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, through the writings of Tim Keller, um, he talked about the fear of the Lord, and uh, I, I want to share just shortly with this, uh, with you, with this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the way that the alphabet is the beginning of reading. There is no wisdom without it, but what is it? There is the, the kind of fear that is the dread of punishment. And that was, the, that was, the, that was the, the, the gray area that I struggled with. But there is also the, the standing in awe and wonder of someone, and that's, that is spoken to in Joshua 4.24, 
with the resulting fear of doing anything to grieve or dis not doing anything to grieve or dishonor the person. It is in this second sense that we understand the true fear of the Lord, for it increases the more we admire and praise Him in wonder. And that is spoken in Chronicles 16.25. There are only then two ways of thinking about life. You can let the fear be your, uh, uh, let the Lord be your fear, Isaiah 8.13, your life center, or something else will be. Either God's word, the unquestionable arbiter of truth, and, or something else will serve that function. Public opinion, your own feelings, human scientific reasoning. Either God and your, your relationship with him will be the thing that you esteem most. And everything other, and every single other thing will be evaluated in the light of that. Or your relationship of some other things, such as money, will define reality. God's command is to love him above all and to love others. This is the fundamental truth of Cornerstone's faithfulness in Zimbabwe. It is the very core out of our fear of the Lord for his people there. It is our purpose there. This is how we show God's love, by, by bearing fruit for him. It has been with thanksgiving and gratitude, taking your gifts of love or your gifts of love, and presenting them to God's people. And they responded with, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, Gary, over and over and over again. I don't know how many thank yous he said, but it was numerous times and, and many, many. Thank you. God bless you and thank you very much for uh, the, the blessings uh, that we brought in the way of gifts and offerings to Zimbabwe. Okay, now, what we want to do is we want to focus a little bit on, or greatly on, Green Valley Church. Where is it? What does it look like? What we're doing there? What we have done? And uh, maybe some future things. I have no idea. But <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Jordan? Okay. Um, yeah, so, Zimbabwe. Lots of you know where it is. Some of you might not. It's a small uh, country in southern Africa. By area, it's a little bit bigger than Montana and a little bit smaller than California. Um, so that, it sits in Southern Africa. This is a map of the country. It's about 500 miles east to west. It's about 450 miles north to south. And that highlighted area is Harare. That's the capital city. And that's where we fly in and out of. And that's where we spend most of our time. And that's where Green Valley is, is located. Um, and we've developed friendships all over the country. But on this trip, we were just in Harare because we really wanted to invest primarily at Green Valley Church. This is a zoomed-in shot of Harare, the, um, uh, the capital city. That lighter shaded area that's, that's got a circle around it is um, about roughly 20 miles across, and it's home to 1.5 million people. Um, and then down in the, the south end of it here, the international airport's right there. Um, Habitation of Hope, which we talk about a lot, which is where we usually stay when we're there, uh, is, is right about there. And Green Valley Church sits right about there. And um, they're about 1.3 miles apart, Habitation of Hope and Green Valley Church. 
This map gives you a, another zoomed in view of just Green Valley and Habitation of Hope. So they're about 1.3 1, 1 miles from, from Habitation of Hope to Green Valley Church up here. And this is roughly the community of Green Valley. I don't know the actual population, but it's very dense. Um, it is uh, a swampy kind of wetland area that isn't suitable for development. But there were a bunch of people who had nowhere else to live. And bricks are really cheap. You can make them out of the ground right there. You need a couple of pieces of um, roofing, and you have a house, basically. So a whole bunch of poor people have built houses in Green Valley. So none of those people have deeds. The entire community is just an informal settlement. In the past, the government has at times come through and just bulldozed communities like this, but where are the people going to go? So often they, unless there's a political motivation, like a bunch of opposition um, political sentiment starts building in a neighborhood, they might come wipe it out. But for the most part, um, they just kind of leave them alone. Where else are people going to go? So it's in this neighborhood, um, people with nowhere else to go, uh, no power, no running water, very basic homes, uh, and a very low standard of living that Green Valley Church uh, sits in the middle of. So this is a picture of the church from three or four years ago, something like that. And uh, this, this building is the church. This is when they just had the three walls. This building over here, this side of it, a young guy lives in that's like a caretaker for the church, and he's also one of the teachers of the bridging school, which we'll chat about in a minute. This side of it, from here over, has been used as a classroom for a long time. Um, here is, uh, Keith took this, I think on this trip, a little walk down the street in the community of Green Valley. That truck is definitely the only truck there. <laughs> Probably a political figure of some kind coming to check on something. Um, Green Valley was established in about 2013 or 2014 by Gary. This is Gary talking to some of the kids. This is 2014, first time I ever visited Green Valley Church. And you can see how many kids are there. So these are all kids from, that, from the Green Valley community um, who would come for a little evangelism program. And from the beginning, it was the heart of Gary and the Church of Green Valley to reach the people that were passed by in this community, to come to them, to plant a church in the middle of it, and offer the hope of Jesus in tangible ways, um, in you know, real practical, tangible ways to serve a, a whole person. In 2014, they were already providing food. Um, it's five or six days a week. They make a bunch of food they call sadza. It's like a cornmeal into the consistency of mashed potatoes or maybe Play-Doh, um, which people love. And this was a line of kids that were all in need um, and probably weren't going to eat that day otherwise or we're going to have to spend all day trying to find food. So that's our first interaction with Green Valley. Um, they had those three walls for a while, and then you can see the foundation footprint has gotten a little bit bigger here. This is probably 2020 or so, something like the 2019. I don't know. But you guys paid for the rest of that building to be finished. And you can see poles have gone up, and Keith was there with his, uh, they call him the, what do they call you, the engineer. The engineer. Um, working with the Green Valley Church. 
So the elders work alongside. They're swinging hammers. They're cutting stuff. They're digging holes. The elders of Green Valley Church worked really hard to invest in it themselves alongside um, Keith. And there's one other guy named Enoch, which, which, uh, who's a member of Green Valley Church. This is that building complete, minus one board on the corner, which Keith's eye is going to go straight to. <laughs> but it's there now. Um, so that is the church that, you know, they started in that little shed with no walls. They actually traded that property for, for the property they're on now. It was a bigger area of land with no building. So they traded their humble little shed for new land, and that's where they've built on. So um, uh, there's Green Valley Church. They have this huge outreach to kids in the neighborhood, which involves a preschool, a bridging school, food, um, Awana. We're going to touch on all those things briefly. It's sort of one of the ways that Green Valley Church really manifests the gospel to the neighborhood is the way that God is working through them to, you know, function as a church, the wheel that we've been talking about a lot, um, scripture, prayer, discipleship, worship, fellowship, the, just the way that manifests is different in every local church. Jesus is the same. The gospel is the same. He made us all in different ways with different gifts and different contexts, and the gospel manifests itself differently, and it's just so beautiful to see that the, the, the beauty of the church manifest in a different place. It's just like looking at a different you know, a different facet of a diamond. It's beautiful from every angle. Yeah, the, uh, the, the essence of the gospel, um, we all know and we understand uh, the essence of, of, of God's word and what that brings to us. And it is so uh, uh, amazing to see a different culture praise and glorify God in such a different dramatic difference. You know, I look back and I look at our, and our you know, we, we sat and in reverence and we, we sung glorious songs to praise our, our Lord and Savior. Uh, Green Valley Church is different. <laughs> Isn't it, Grace? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, you, you get there and you, and you uh, uh, I mean, it is, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of singing and there's a lot of dancing. And uh, one of the things that I'll never forget is, is when I got up to uh, deliver a message, uh, I looked out at the congregation, and you guys all look really, really comfortable. I mean, you, you know, and, and uh, when I got up that Sunday, I looked out, and people were sweating. I mean, they were, uh, you know, their, their skin color is black, but I swear some of them were red because of the heat and the intensity, and that building had no air conditioning. And when we closed off the end of it, that was one of the things I thought about. But anyway, the celebration, we, we, we worship the same God, but in, in uniquely different ways, and it is inspiring. I mean, uh, and, and you see, uh, in fact, uh, their worship service is so active physically in the beginning that uh, a number of us uh, more mature people physically, <laughs> we have to sit down because, it, uh, <laughs> because we're exhausted. And then the big challenge is when you deliver a message is they're so exhausted, some of them doze off, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they, and to, to keep their attention and whatnot. But anyway, so uh, uh, that is, uh, that is uh, the, the glorious part of uh, the, the greatness of our, of our God, taking customs and, uh, from halfway across the world and yet uh, serve them. 
in, uh, in a way that glorifies him. Uh, and that comes back to the real essence of our faith and our love for our Christ. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Amen. Um, so with the focus on trying to reach the neighborhood and be that light, and it's just the more, the more we observe the church, and it's not perfect. It's not a perfect church. Um, but the more you observe it, just the more glorious God is. You just realize he cuts through all the things that, that um, separate and divide us, boundaries and cultures and languages. And, and it, it's, there's one God behind our faith, and it was so encouraging. So um, with the uh, desire to reach kids, this right here, I said they're using this little area as a classroom. This is inside that little building. That's 40 kids that were going to preschool in that little building and they needed a little more space. So on a trip that I don't remember the year of, we showed up and they said, can you put a roof on a building if we build the building? And we said, yes. So we showed up and this is a preschool building and you guys paid for the roof. And Keith worked with the local team, the, the Green Valley team again to build it. A couple of good ladder holders there and uh, you know, whole crew and um, Jay and Jacob and or Jay and Jordan, and Jacob. I'm just telling you the future there. <laughs> Jay and Jordan and Micah and Titus uh, got to help, and this is that a lot of those same kids in the new classroom building with a lot more space. And that beautiful roof was put on by Cornerstone. Can you hear the calling? Can you hear the calling? <laughs> the calling of the Lord to Green Valley or Green Valley Church, calling Cornerstone to not. Before this, going back and saying, in order to serve the people more fully, we need to enlarge our church. We need to, uh, to create a facility for the Transformation Center. They had to enlarge the church, and they had to, to make more space for the educational program for kids and, and some other things. The calling of Green Valley to Cornerstone for us to come halfway across the world uh, from, from your funds to create a facility for the Transformation Center and, and, and how that played out. I could still hear the echoes of that calling. Um, and they filled up the first classroom and needed a second classroom. So on this most recent trip, when we got there, you can see the completed building on the far end there and the one without a roof uh, in the foreground, that was one of Keith's projects this trip. And so same thing, Green Valley team, your funds, Keith, um, put uh, another, another roof on and got to work together. And it's just such a beautiful picture of the church at work to serve kids who can't serve themselves and to give them hope in Jesus and to give them a future. And so um, you guys got a roof on the second building. Um, and so that's Green Valley Church. And I want to explain what a transformation center is. I think I've mentioned that in the past a little bit. But basically the vision for a transformation center is that Uh, Gary, who was with us in June, is the head of a national organization in Zimbabwe called Hands of Hope that serves about 2,000 kids a day, just like they're doing at Green Valley. So there there are other churches like this all over the country doing the same thing every day. We're focusing on Green Valley because it's, uh, we'd get lost quick if we tried to explain everything. But um, it used to just be they would provide food to the church, the church would prepare the food, and kids who were identified as having great need could come eat the food. It's gone beyond that. Um, 
to try to provide an actual transformation to the kid, not, not just lunch. And so each one, which we'll, we'll talk about each one briefly, uh, each transformation center has a feeding program where kids can come have food. They have a, a preschool for kids that can't afford preschool anywhere else. They have a bridging school for kids who have, can't afford school. You know, school fees might be $20 a, a term, three terms a year. So $60 a year plus a uniform, which might be $20 to $40. Because they don't have that much money, they can't afford to go to school. They've, they've dropped out. They might not have parents at home. They might live with a sick grandma that they have to try to provide for as a little kid. They might also be a child-headed yeah. home, which there are lots of. The 12-year-old is trying to take care of the 9-, 7-, 6-year-old. Um, extremely difficult life circumstance to try to pull yourself out of, let alone to just sustain day-to-day. So the vision of the Transformation Center is to identify kids like that and say, come to us. You know, because of Jesus, we're going to feed you. We're going to clothe you. We're going to give you a school uniform. Um, we're going to give you an education. The idea of a bridging school is to be a bridge between where the kid is in their education and where they would need to be to re-enter school. Often they're years behind. I mean, you have kids that should be in sixth grade but can't, you know, write the alphabet kind of thing, can't read. So um, to identify a kid like that, bring them in. Awana is one of the other main components. So you're doing Bible memory. Um, kids are learning the scriptures. They're being washed in the word. They're being invested in spiritually, being shared the gospel. And the final piece is um, a social impact worker who goes, her, um, it's not always a her, but their main job is to go into the community around the church and get to know people's stories and identify the kids in need, identify the child-headed households, identify the sick grandparents and offer hope, say, you can, can, you know, you qualify, do you want to come be part of the Transformation Center for free? Then they build a relationship with that family, um, and often those families end up coming to be a part of the church because they experience the love of Jesus. So not only is the kid raised up, the family is connected to the church, and um, the gospel goes forth in that way as well. So when we talk about a Transformation Center, that's feeding, preschool, bridging school, Awana, and the social impact worker. Um, and that's just one of the ways that Green Valley Church manifests the gospel in the neighborhood of Green Valley. But they also do it through preaching, through um, scripture memory, um, through prayer. I mean, the, our whole wheel, fellowship, discipleship, worship. And their worship is really fun. It is really different. And uh, I, I try to get into it, and I'm not very good at it. But uh, it is so joy-filled. It is just a blessing. So here's a super short clip. Um, it's it's hey, just awesome. Next week, Jay. Jordan, Next week. Hey, you, uh, were you going to ask some people to come up and mimic that? Or you were, were, were going to okay, leave that. Okay, I, I just you? wanted to I'll know because I need, to, I need to leave. If yeah, yeah, right. They've also developed this amazing choir, which is super cool, because these, I mean, the people across the street in this neighborhood called Glenwood Park, where there are formal homes, people have deeds, you know, it's, it's sort of a proper neighborhood. Um, here we're clear on the outskirts of, of Zimbabwe, one of the, po- or of Harare, one of the poorest neighborhoods. There's not a lot of sense of self-worth. Um, you're looked down on by almost everyone around you. 
and there isn't a lot to be proud of. Um, there is a lot to be proud of. They're all, uh, you know, made in the image of God, and Jesus loves them. And but the that's not reinforced a lot in everyday life. So for Green Valley to have started to develop this identity as an outpost of the kingdom that shines the glory of God to the neighborhood, people say, oh, what do they call that? The beautiful church. They said, oh, you go to the beautiful church. That's what it's known as now. And there's this sense of, yeah, I'm a part of Green Valley. I'm a part of Green Valley. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm a part of a people. And so the choir is another part of that where um, they take these kids and this choir director's both hilarious and amazing. Um, but uh, they've hired him. He doesn't live in Green Valley, but they've hired him to, he is a Nazarene. The, the Green Valley Church is a Nazarene church. He is a Nazarene, but um, to develop their choir, and they have this amazing choir. I mean, they go to competitions and win. And so you have these kids coming out of Green Valley and getting to go to the choir. So here's a, sh- a, little, a little sample. It's, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. So, and then of course, over the years, we've been able to worship with them. There's Jay sharing the word, Gary interpreting. Um, my sermons are always way better when Gary interprets and we don't really know what he says, but (laughs) it's, it's really good. Um, and here's, uh, Keith known, known as Daniel by lots of people in Zimbabwe, um, sharing the word. Uh, so, Thinking about the wheel, one of our wheel, one of the core verses is the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And Green Valley is doing that. They are discipling people in Green Valley. They're giving them hope. They're giving them the gospel. And it's, it's changing lives. It's just so beautiful. And we, we have this very sort of um, peripheral part of that and honestly the the biggest joy in it is getting a glimmer into their body and the way the Lord is using them to have the gospel go forth and then one other verse that I think is really manifested by Green Valley Church as you see this sort of outpost of the kingdom in a, a, a really hurting and desperate neighborhood is uh, Matthew 5 14 to 16 you are the light of the world A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And it's just such a beautiful picture of that. It's so cool to see see that in action. So now we're going to transition to talking briefly about each of the Um, components of the Transformation Center to just kind of help explain what that looks like. Um, The first one is food. I show this picture because it's from 2014. This has been something that they've been desiring to do for a long time, but they've actually been doing it for a long time. I mean, you could do some math. What's 300, probably 320 times 10. Um, They've they've, uh, times 50. They've provided some meals over the years, filled a lot of bellies, and um, it's it's really cool. Um, and there's a group of ladies that make the food every day. This is a short video. They cook over wood. 
We've got to adjust those logs so they're not too hot, not too cold, just right. That's a pot of beans on the left, and that's a sods of pot on the right. Um, and sometimes there will be some stewed greens as well to give a little bit of a balanced diet. But um, that's the, the food is such a, an act of love. It's such a simple thing, but the faithfulness of it has really provided the power to change people's hearts, uh, it change people's lives and their hearts. So... Um, the verse that really jumped out to me here as I look at those kids uh, and thinking about Green Valley serving them, and the king will answer them. This is from Matthew twenty-five forty. Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of one of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And Green Valley is just straight serving Jesus every day. It's super cool. One of the first things that really stood out to me in the feeding project was uh, the, the quantities. Uh, their... Uh, format, their custom is that they, uh, they always wash their hands in water before they eat uh, because they eat with their fingers. They, they don't use any utensils. Uh, so they have a plate uh, that is rinsed uh, and they put this massive amount of, of food on this plate and hand it to these small children. And the first time I saw that, I go, well, a lot of that's going to go in the garbage can. And uh, they eat every bit of it. And uh, uh, it, it is such a, uh, a, the, the warmness of the heart to see uh, young children that have uh, so little to, to have the opportunity to offer them food. Uh, and many times that's the only meal that they're getting during the day. Mm -hmm. and, it, uh, and then afterwards, they wash their hands again, and then they put their, uh, they rinse their dish and put it away, and then they get ready for the next day. But that's done every day by a group of, uh, of, of women, and it is, I, I don't know, what is it, a three-hour process of cooking that sauce Probably. up? Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. But uh, five days a week, and, and uh, it is, it's an amazing gift of love to, uh, to do that, and, it, uh, and uh, to, to see how, what the outcome of that is. Uh, day in and day out, and uh, the thanksgiving and gratitude that comes from that from the from the from the children is just simply uh, a, a, a blessing. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah but. and I I forgot to differentiate. You guys gave money to Green Valley for food, um, which I mentioned a week or two ago. That's separate from this, actually. Um, this is food for through the transformation center they're actually provided food in bulk by a different organization and then they just prepare it the funds that you gave were for the families of green valley church so it certainly fed some of these kids as well but um it's not only the the orphaned kids in that neighborhood who are struggling to feed themselves it's a, it's probably the majority of the families in green valley church that are struggling to feed themselves because of the economic situation um and just the brokenness of their culture. So the funds that you provided, um, I'll do a separate update on that. We just tried to focus on one thing for this morning, um, but there are a bunch of other things we'll hit over the coming months. Uh, but the food was incredibly, um, there was incredible excitement and thankfulness when they realized that they were gonna go, go to church and go home with a bag of food. And we trusted, we left it to the elders of Green Valley to decide how to use the funds you provided. And they met with their wives and came up with a plan. And they, it's so much food for, you know, to each family, um, however many weeks for however many months. 
So uh, they're, they're kind of doling it out, and they've already started doing it, which is super cool. This is separate. Um, but that gives you some, a little glimmer. If the families can't provide for themselves, how, are they, you know, how is the church providing for? They, they feed, a, I think it's about 103 kids a day at Green Valley right now. Um, and if families can't provide for themselves, how are they going to provide for their neighbors? And so the impact that Green Valley is having is uh, being completely magnified by the help they're receiving from us and others. Uh, okay, preschool. Um, Matthew uh, 18, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell, that, tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Uh, just thinking about the preciousness of each of these one, each of these little kids, to to God. What comes right after that is the, you know, the shepherd that left the ninety nine sheep to go find the one, and the preciousness of every single person to God. Um, culturally, some of these kids aren't seen as precious, um, but they are, and because of the preschool, they're you brought in and they they get all those things too they get they're memorizing scripture they're learning bible stories they're receiving food they're getting an identity they're getting connected to the church and hearing the gospel and the preschool is a lot bigger than the bridging school a lot of these kids may go on to formal school which is great it's ideal Um, but at this stage in their life they're being loved by christians they're being loved by the church they're encountering the gospel and uh, it'll only serve them as they as they go on so next thing up is bridging school and uh, Daniel's going to share about that. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that I, that I wanted to add, and I, I think I mentioned this uh, a, a, a couple of trips ago, one of the most uh, difficult things for me personally was, it was one of our first trips. We went to a church out in, in Harare, and this young boy came up. He was dirty, he was obviously in need, and he asked for money. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, I couldn't reach my pocket fast enough to pull out money to give to him, but we were warned not to do that. And it was it was probably by, by it Gary. Was by Gary, yeah. uh, and Gary is the leader of Green Valley. He's the uh, the head uh, uh, elder there. Uh, Gary is the one person, uh, not the one person, but one of the few people that I trust 100% about. His, uh, his commitment to glorify God through what he is doing. And uh, I can't say that uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, false things that come at us. And, uh, and, and we are tempted in a lot of different ways to, uh, to be a, delf- uh, <laughs> a dancing elephant. In uh, our first trip, I was encouraged to read this uh, this book was called When Helping, when Helping Hurts. And it, it, uh, it, it described different ways that how we go in with the, with the idea that we're gonna help these people, or we're gonna help this culture. And uh, uh, they described it this way. We are so blind to what is really going on. They described it as a de- uh, dancing elephant. And so this dancing elephant, which is, which is me, uh, going into a foreign country with this idea that I'm going to do all these great things in the name of the Lord to help them. And so I'm dancing around, and as I'm dancing, I step on somebody and squish them. And I, and I step this way, and I squish this person. And, and, and I am oblivious to that. Really and truly, I am, uh, without 
having some person to help us step back and understand the culture and what is really going on and what the needs really are. And that dancing elephant is something that I still struggle with uh, even, even, in, even in this last trip. Uh, I wanted to step out and do something uh, a little bit different with my own funds, with my own whatever. And, uh, and I, I had to uh, take a step back and ask for counsel from one of the elders of the church. And, uh, and uh, uh, he shed light on that particular situation. But that doesn't never go away. Uh, and, but uh, what I'm trying to, uh, to share with you this morning is there are a number of people in uh, Zimbabwe that uh, as a congregation, as, as a group going there, that we have to lay our trust completely on them and what we're doing, how we're gonna do it, and when we're gonna do it. And uh, uh, that person is Gary. Another person is Sue Austin. Another person is Elizabeth. And there are a few others, but those, to me, that, those are the top three. If I, if I wanted to place my life in their hands, place my uh, uh, coming to honor the gifts that you, that you give us to bear to them, to trust someone, okay, this is what, uh, what you're really gonna do. This is what you really need. That person is Gary, and that person is Sue Austin. And, that, I mean, and, and the list is, to me is about five people, but the, the, those are the top three. But uh, that resistance to be the dancing elephant is really difficult uh, at different times uh, for us when we're, we're going into uh, a, a different culture, a different situation. And that young boy, the reason uh, Gary asked us not to give was that if we give money to that, that young boy, he would take that money, be encouraged to go right back out and uh, do the same thing again. And, uh, and in not uh, giving him, it would uh, pressure him to, uh, or open up a world to him to go, back, go into the church and receive assistance there through uh, the loving hands of, of, of the church in Christ. And, uh, but anyway, that was, that was a... Uh, that was a point in my life that I really, uh, really uh, started to understand the importance of, of knowing who to trust and uh, of the direction that, uh, that we wanted to go in, in, uh, in uh, sharing our gifts. Uh, and uh, I, I talked about the fear of the Lord, and that is probably one of the top uh, components of when we go to... Uh, um, to Zimbabwe. It is a matter of uh, people, you, you people are so generous in your gifts and whatnot, but to, to really honor that and be in fear of that, fear that, uh, that we stand in awe and wonder uh, and not being afraid, but uh, to glorify God in, in, in uh, the ways that it, it was meant to uh, that it was meant to be done uh, through your gifts. And uh, that, is, uh, that is, at times, a challenge. And, uh, but anyway, so yep. I don't know. But. Yep, good. Okay, uh, bridging school. That's you, Daniel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing such a good job. <laughs> you got uh, it. And we're getting a little long. 
Well, my, my, I can. My, uh, my fault. Not your did fault. you hear what he whispered to me? He says it's getting a little long here. So, but anyway, uh, but anyway, um, the bridging school. What is it? And it. Uh, uh, this is kind of the scary part for me. I got to put glasses on over my hearing aids, and then, but anyway, it, uh, um, the bridging school. Uh, first off, it's it's taught by certified instructors, uh, which is. Uh, May, may be unique in different situations. Uh, and it is funded through the Hands of Hope. Uh, the, the bridging school is not open to the general public. Uh, in order to receive assistance from the Transformation Center as a child, the child has to be verified as coming from a hard place. And what does that mean? I, that, you, know, I, it, uh, you know, and you look at that and you go, oh, what, what does that mean? Uh, it means that uh, most all of the students, all of the children of the bridging school, this is not preschool, this is the older kids. Most all of these children are school dropouts. In other words, they're not involved in the, in the, uh, uh, the school system for one, two, e even more, more years than that. Some have no parents. Some are from single uh, parent homes. Some have learning disabilities. Some have physical disabilities. Some come from abusive family members. All don't have the money for school fees and uniforms and papers. So, uh, so who, um, who decides that? Who decides that? Uh, one person, one person. And uh, that person is, uh, uh, I, I missed, uh, I wanted to go back because I don't see what the slides are going here, but this is uh, pictures from the bridging school, and these are taken from within the church, and the church had to be enlarged in order to support the bridging school. And, uh, um, but anyway, so... Um, now, the objective... Uh, since I'm a former teacher, I, uh, the objective, and I had to leave that, but anyway, I, but anyway, uh, uh, it well, is to get children back into the school system and get them up to their academic grade level. And that is absolutely huge because we all know what happens when children get so far behind, they quit, they drop out, and, and they don't want to come back. Uh, they're, they're, there's no place for them. Uh, in our school systems here in the U.S., we have all kinds of programs and opportunities and funds and whatnot to support those people. In Zimbabwe, there is nobody. There is nobody to do that. And so the Hands of Hope, they are the ones through the Transformation Center have, have reached out and, uh, and uh, contacted those, those, uh, those young children and brought them back into into a school setting to, uh, to get them up to, to uh, grade level. Uh, also the bridging school, and this is really, really important for me, is a, it's, it's a Bible-based educational program. Um, and I'll, I'll speak to this a little bit more about the Awanas program, but uh, 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 it is Bible-based. You go into the classroom, and unlike here in the US, in the, in the classroom there, in the public classroom, uh, you see all kinds of pictures and drawings of, of, of the gospel in some way or God's word. And that is, that is uh, just uh, so encouraging. Um, 
I'd like to uh, jump next. Uh, the next set of slides is, uh, is uh, Mercy uh, Mapulsa. Okay. Um, so who decides that? Who, you know, uh, at, we go back to the picture of that drone and you saw all those homes and all those children and who goes out in there and who makes the con? Who, who uh, talks to people, talks to children to find out who is not going to school and whatnot and going out into those homes and, and uh, encouraging them to come back, but also making sure that they are a student of need uh, and, and that they come from a hard place. It's not just anybody that uh, is dropped out is, is invited into the, into the, uh, into the, the bridging school. Uh, so about four years ago, uh, uh, Mercy uh, went through a program to get her certificate. And uh, if you want to uh, 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 classify that in, 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 uh, in uh, our American language, you would call her the social worker of Zimbabwe. Uh, her husband is uh, Enoch, children, Tafanswa, 18, more blessing, 13, Melan Melanie, 7, and praise, I'm not sure about praise, 3 or 4. Um, not only does she uh, work with, in the community, but she works as a, a teacher assistant, she helps with cooking. Uh, she, she wears so many, so many hats, it is phenomenal, uh, the, the gifts that this, this uh, lady uh, uh, shares and uh, uh, gives to her community. And so the Bridging School is uh, a, a phenomenal program. It's one of the key elements of, of, uh, of the, the Transformation Center. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, Jordan doesn't know this. I'm going to tell you a secret. Four years ago, I met, uh, well, I had, I had a meeting with uh, Enoch and his wife, and, and, uh, and uh, they said they wanted to talk to me, so I could, they invited him over. And uh, they, they just wanted to share how much, uh, what, uh, how blessed they were and how blessed Habitation was. And the Green Valley Church was through uh, the work of Cornerstone Church. And, you know, I sit there and listen, and I, you know, and I, I was amazed at that. And, I, and at the end, I go, uh, Mercy, is there anything? I mean, I knew that she was starting. Is there any way in the way of funds that, that you need help with? And uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you about this, but anyway. Uh, and I'm, but anyway, and she, she thought for a minute, and she says, well, there is one thing. Uh, you know, I, I could use a little bit of money to make copies for the information for these children, go out and hand it out into the community and whatnot. And so she asked if, if I had $17 uh, to give, uh, that, she, uh, that she would be able to, uh, to uh, receive from, from, from me or uh, Cornerstone. And it, uh, it was, it was uh, <laughs> $17 for me is, is nothing. And to you, it's probably, it's, it, it's not even a lunch. But to them, $17 is more than a half a month's pay for the average worker in Zimbabwe. Okay. So, uh, social worker, uh, a very special young lady. You want to hit oh, uh, Awana briefly? Yeah, oh, you want me to do Awanas briefly? Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know much about Awanas. 
And uh, this is a picture of, uh, uh, there was a, a gift given to me uh, personally. Uh, it, it was, it was $1,000, and uh, this was three years ago. And uh, that person asked that uh, I wanted to go to kids. And that person said, you know, other, other organizations, if you give to them, there's a huge percentage of that gift that goes to administration fees. And this person knew that every cent that they give uh, would go to, uh, to work in, in Zimbabwe. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, we approached Gary and it, uh, uh, he said, we desperately need funds for the, uh, for the uh, Awanas program. This Awanas, I, you know, I knew my grandson. But anyway, and so this was the start of the, uh, of the uh, completion of the, uh, um, is, that, is that a video? Yeah. You can kind of see behind the pile of dirt a flat square area. This is, I think you were working on the roof one day, and a rain, uh, a rain cloud came through. But there's, there's a tamper back there. That... <laughs> but uh, that, that was the start of, the, of that foundation. Kids out there, Gary even out there, tamping the, 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 uh, the sand that they brought in to create this, this concrete platform. Because Green Valley, there is no nice grass. There is no place to play. And uh, so this, this Awana's... Uh, platform has was created in that. Awana's clubs, and, and uh, I just I just pulled this out. I, I uh, Awana's clubs are are, are active uh, in over a hundred countries and over a hundred different denominations, reaching four million people, teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Children and teens learn how to memorize Bible, uh, God's word, study the Bible, and apply it to their lives. They also learn about the worldwide missions, by, about worldwide missions and the need to help others. Another goal of the Awanas program is to develop trained te uh, leaders for effective ministries. Leaders are trained on how to effectively disciple children to become lifelong followers of Christ. A big part of the weekly meeting of an Awanas club is, is game time. And... Um, the Awanas games are played by four teams on a circle, and the Awanas curriculum includes uh, rules for hundreds of games and races in real life. Um, I know that my two oldest grandsons were involved in Awanas for a couple of years, but I never did understand uh, the depth of what, what that program was. But that is one of the core parts of the Transformation Center. Is the one, and, and the Awanas uh, uh, program, uh, there, there are, there are uh, many, many, many different uh, teaching uh, 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 guidelines to, to help and, and uh, just endless uh, 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 information uh, information packets on uh, uh, on uh, curriculum and, and uh, a guide to to uh, uh, living a gospel filled life and so that is the wellness mm -hmm. program yeah so that, and that's part of the but anyway so yeah good okay we're almost done um, the one other piece of a, of the bridging of the transformation centers 
that um, just points so much to the gospel and was such a cool thing to get to witness was they called it the, they called transformation centers TCs. They called it the TC Olympics. So they have, they had um, five transformation centers and they let all the kids come to Habitation of Hope, which is that property just south of Green Valley. And they, some of them came from, you know, 45 minutes, an hour away. And they got to stay and have a camp and eat three meals a day and play games and be invested in and um, have an identity. But it was so fun to, if you didn't know where these kids come from, it would just seem like, like any other camp. They played all these crazy games in the Iwana Square. And this is just one little sliver of the week, but it was a super fun one. But you can see um, the kids in all the different colors. That was their uniform. So the different colors are different TCs. So by being a part of a transformation center, they now have this identity. We're from Green Valley. We're from uh, Child at Heart. We're from, um, uh, what's the? Rusike. Um, and they're there together. They're part of a team. They're having games. They got unbelievably competitive. It was really, really fun. And just getting to be kids, be a part of a team, be loved, be invested in. This is not a common experience for a kid in Green Valley. This is just not an opportunity. But um, to see them come, it's, it's in some ways sort of a culmination of what the Transformation Center does. It makes you a part of a people. It gives you skills. It makes you know you're loved. It puts you on a trajectory. And the other thing that was super cool is they do um, like a Bible memory uh, um, competition. I can't remember if it was a list of 50 or 80 verses. You hear the reference, you have to quote it. And whoever knows the most wins. You know, it's like a spelling bee, but much harder and cool. Um, but the other thing is you have these kids that have been passed by, have been dropped off the back of life, you know, didn't have hope, didn't have direction. There's no kind of path to getting your feet under you and being loved and being able to sort of have self-worth, have the hope of the gospel, and then being able to turn and serve someone else. It just wasn't really in their future. But because of the Transformation Center, it is. And you've got kids that when they came to the bridging school, they couldn't read. And now they're competing in Bible quizzes where they're having to write the answers. And it was just so cool to see that sense of um, being made a, a people. And we, it's always such a struggle to share about Zimbabwe because we don't want to replace a sermon with just showing, you know, a show and tell, just showing some pictures. But it feels like every time we try to drill down and have sort of more of a sermon structure, the stories end up being sort of the scriptures with flesh on them. It feels like, you know, the manifestation on earth of the power of the gospel through people's lives. And that's just what we tend to just keep coming back to. And the TC Olympics were just such an example of that. The Green Valley Choir swept the choir competition. All the TCs had choirs. Um, and, you know, they were the best by far. Um, just this sense of made a part of somebody. And the verse that just really struck me. Uh, and makes sense is from First Peter 2, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And that makes so much con sense in the context of these kids' lives, and that's just the gospel. That makes sense in the context of our lives. And of course, that passage is talking to the church universal. 
not to Green Valley. It's a physical, it's like a physical representation of a spiritual reality. Um, but that's true of Cornerstone as well. Um, it's just so cool to see how the Lord has used us to invest in Green Valley over the years and to be a part of what God's doing. It's the same thing he's doing with the Green Valley leadership, though. He's using them to, to, to carry the gospel forward, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, so, and I want you all to feel, Keith and I have struggled with this to figure out how to make sure you know you are an essential part of what we're doing there. It is Cornerstone Church. It is God at work through Cornerstone Church that we've been able to serve in Zimbabwe. Um, all of you. And it's, uh, it is God doing it through his church. And Cornerstone and Green Valley are basically spectators to it, even as God works in us to change our hearts and um, make us more like him and give us his love that we can love others. Um, but, you know, I, Green Valley feels like a city on a hill. And that's what we are too. That is the church. Cornerstone too is a city on a hill. It's a light shining in darkness. And that manifests itself through all of you throughout the week and whatever you're doing and wherever you're going. Um, but you too, we too have been set apart. We too have been made a people. We too have been given a future and a hope and a family. And um, we've been loved. We've been rescued. We've been... Uh, uh, you know, drawn in to the family of God that we can worship him, that we can fellowship with each other, that we can grow as disciples, and, um, and we can uh, delight in God through Christ-centered community because of Jesus' um, life, death, and resurrection. And it's so cool to see it in Zimbabwe, to see that sort of tangible picture of the gospel at work that we know that Jesus is alive. He's actually changing lives. And he's worthy of our worship, and he's glorious um, there and here. So that is uh, what we wanted to share with you this morning, is thank you for investing in God, walking with him, being a part of his people, and we're just on the, the journey with him. Um, uh, Chris Zem, some of you remember him, some of you don't, but towards the end of his life, he said, I always just wanted to know I was riding with the king. And uh, we're doing it. So, one request I have of all of us is that we pray for our missions in Zimbabwe and our church body, in that in our faith, which comes from God alone, we grow. And in hope, we apply uh, the values of the gospel that we do talk about it. We do proclaim God's word boldly and live it. And by his power and for his glory, always and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You want to close us in prayer? Okay. Yeah. More to come. <laughs> but not so long <laughs> but anyway we were afraid it was going to be short do you want to, do you want to close us in prayer um, I thought I just did no no, <laughs> no. Uh, Father God we just lift you up in, in all your glory and all your grace and love for us and how through the gifts of this church is able to 
go to a place far away and to help other people to share your glory with them. We thank you for this precious time to celebrate your love for us and all the people throughout the world. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.